little roller up along first. Behind the bag! It gets through Buckner! Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it! Pocket five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal! Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good. Welcome to Episode 4 of Sports Talk with Jeff and Mike. This week, we preview the NBA Finals and ask the question, who has more pressure, LeBron James or Kevin Durant? We'll also discuss Tiger Woods' latest arrest and his dramatic fall from grace. All that and more this week on Sports Talk with Jeff and Mike. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Episode 4 of Sports Talk with Jeff and Mike. Uh, Michael Elkins, I'm here with my co-host and partner, Jeff Kamenetsky. Jeff. Hello, everyone. Mike, welcome back from your adventures. Thank you. Um, You know, I always say good evening or good afternoon. Yeah, you say good afternoon this time. Right. Well, it's evening when we're recording. Right. But it could be morning. By the time people listen to this, it's morning. So good morning. Or I don't know. If you're listening (laughs) in the afternoon. Let's pick one. Okay. Good morning. I'm going to use good morning. Um, I'm back. Uh, This episode is a little later than normal. I just got back from trekking through um, Ecuador, which was wonderful. Great time. I recommend um, our listeners, if you are looking for a fun place to go and a really good cosmopolitan city and a lot of hiking on the outskirts, um, I highly recommend Quito, Ecuador. Nice. Yeah, and I did not get eaten, eaten by, by a, a mountain, mountain lion. Yeah, I didn't get eaten by a mountain lion. Very happy so, to hear. So we're here. Um, we are. We want to give a shout out first of all to a lot of people who have given us reviews recently. That I think actually reviewed us after episode three, but we didn't know it at the time. So um, for me, Michael Bornstein, Nikki Nate, Denise Heakin, uh, thank you very much for your uh, reviews. Jeff, is there any, anyone that you I have? I think I covered them last time. Nope. Okay, um, our reviews are growing, but as we've said before, and we're going to keep saying, the best thing for us if you're listening to us on iTunes. Uh, please give us a review. Uh, it's 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 the preeminent way that iTunes ranks shows like ours. Uh, please leave five stars. If you want to contact us about our show and you have a criticism, we ask that you just tell us. Or if there's something you want to talk about, you can email the show at jmsportspodcast at gmail.com. Um, before we get into it, one one thing to to get everybody to... Uh, communicate with us and be interactive. You know, we had previously done a segment where we were giving each other trivia questions and answering them, but we thought it might be a lot more fun if those questions came from our audience. So using that same email address, jmsportspodcast at gmail.com, if there's a trivia question you want us to answer, email it to us and um, we'll use it. 
uh, we we solemnly swear that we will not look up the answer. That's correct. We'll talk about it on air, and we'll give you a shout-out. Um, also, if there's uh, anything any of our listeners out there think that they'd like to us to talk about for them, if it's a new app or software or you have a new venture, email us, and we can talk about um, how we can help you promote your product and how you could help us as well. Anything else, Jeff? No, I before think we get into it. it. Let's get going. Um, well, first of all, let's start off with uh, this day in sports. Jeff? This day in sports. So actually, tomorrow's June 1st, and that's the day we're going to use as a day in history. So June 1st, 1925, and a first baseman for the New York Yankees comes up with the most famous headache in baseball history. Wally Pipp, who was a veteran first baseman for the Yankees, decides he's not feeling very well. He wants a day off. And a young first baseman from Columbia University by the name of Lou Gehrig gets the start June 1st, uh, 1925, and that's the beginning of Lou Gehrig's streak. He plays 2,130 consecutive games from June 1st, 1925, right up to May 2nd, 1939. That's Lou Gehrig's streak started June 1st, 1925, and of course it's been surpassed by Cal Ripken, but uh, tomorrow's the day when it all began for Mr. Gehrig. Probably the most famous day off in sports history. Yeah, it's the most famous headache. Wally Pipp thought, you know what, I'll take a day off, give this young guy maybe a, a couple of games, and uh, little did he know that he was uh, being replaced by an absolute legend, in my view, the best first baseman who ever lived. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably would go there, and, and that story actually gets retold in sports all the time. In fact, there's some great audio of Belichick in 2009 in a preseason game. Talking I kid you not. Of course, i got to bring it back. Of course you bring it up, Julian Belichick. Edelman runs a punt back in the first preseason game of 09. Nobody knows who the heck Julian Edelman is, right? He's a seventh-round pick. And Welker is standing on the sideline, not dressed for the game. Belichick goes into the headset. He goes, Welker, have you ever heard of Wally Pip? <laughs> and Welker says, no, I've never heard of him. He says, well... You know, Wally Pip, he sat out, and Garrick played like a million games. You know, that, that could be you. Edelman's running those punts back, and Welker goes, well, he can have it. And Belichick says, oh, way to be competitive, Wes. And then, of course, he I was mean, replaced. I mean, Pip, I mean, that is his name has gone down in, in history as the guy basically saying, be very careful if you want a day off. You never know who's going to be replacing you. Whatever happened to Pip? Do you know? I don't know. I, I, I think he, he no longer was a Yankee, but he was a very good player for the early Yankees. And when they were pennant winners in 21, 22, and 23, he was their first baseman. Uh, actually, he was, he was a very integral part of their uh, pennant winning teams in those years. He got traded, and, and that was, you know, he went into uh, obscurity. But he was actually well, a very good player before. Uh, he's Garrett. famous. He's, if, you, know, you can say that you got pipped, yeah. basically. And, and Gehrig... Then we'll move on. But the thing with Gehrig that I'm always amazed about is if you look at him in the 20s, I mean, he looks like what athletes look like today. Such like, a contrast to Babe Ruth. I mean, right. Gehrig, there's pictures of him I've seen at spring training with his shirt off. I mean, he he's, is muscle-bound. like a tank. Yeah. He was the opposite of, of Ruth, and they were actually very different personalities. They didn't like each other. Well, in the beginning, I think they did, and something happened. Uh, there's rumors as to what caused it, something maybe to do with uh, Gehrig's wife was upset at Ruth. I, no one really knows, but they, for years they didn't uh, speak to each other. But then when on uh, July 4th, uh, 1939, when it was Lou Gehrig Day, when he, uh, people knew he was dying, Ruth came out. And there's a famous scene of Ruth uh, sure. hugging you know, Gehrig, and uh, it's very sad. Right, and, then, and also one of the most famous speeches Oh yeah, if not in sports, I, I, definitely in sports I history, still, but still up makes there. Me cry. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's get into our first topic. I mean, everybody knows what it is. It's it is the 
series that we've all waited for since October. Um, Cavaliers, Warriors, historic um, first ever time in the NBA history that the same two teams have met in the finals three consecutive years. There is a lot to get to here. We're going to spend time on this, so everybody sit back and strap yourselves in. And, And look, this is what we all wanted to see, but more importantly, this is what everybody said would happen which is a little pathetic for the NBA. And, and a shout-out to Jeff. He called the Cavaliers-Celtics series in five. Yes, we realized that the day that we came out and said the series was over and it was the biggest blowout ever that Boston stole a game in Cleveland. But what a boring yeah, conference series, finals. Yeah. Boring. I mean, what do you think? I think the finals – well, look, we can just hope for NBA's sake that the finals are going to be you know, a great competitive series. But if, well, it better be. It better be. Who do you like – and why? Because okay. I don't. I I think I know you, man, and I are think you, that we might have some differences here. All right. Well, are you are you going to throw this back to me first? Yes, I am. Well, I'm I'm going to steal a line from my absolute favorite podcast ho- podcast host, Tony Kornheiser. I've always wanted to say this. I acknowledge it's his line, but I'm going to go to the glasses early on this one, and I'm going to give you some numbers. Okay. Um, first of all, Golden State finished the regular season number one in offense, number two in defense. Cleveland finished the regular season. Number three in offense, number 20 in defense. The Warriors won their 12 playoff games by an average score of 16 points. Cleveland won their playoff games by an average score of 13. So based on those numbers, you're thinking Golden State. In the last 28 games, and this is the key, Golden State is 27-1. and Cleveland is 18-10. and Now, if that doesn't tell you something, then I don't know what else does. Um... Cleveland's coach, LeBron James, and it's, it's not Ty Lue, it's LeBron. He's the coach. He's the general manager. Um, you know, LeBron's a really good coach. No, you're laughing. I mean that in all seriousness, by the way. I know you mean it, Mike. It's true. I know. Um, I don't know. Is Kerr, is he back? Is he coaching Golden State? I don't State? think so. I think he's out, right? I, I don't think they confirmed he's going to be out, but it's, it's kind of a day-to-day thing with him. Okay, so if Kerr's coaching, I'm going to give the coaching advantage to Golden State. If Kerr's not coaching, I'm going to have the coaching advantage to Cleveland with LeBron. Um, but I, I think the problem here for Golden State, and I gave you all those numbers, and they tell you a great story, um, they don't have LeBron James. And, and if you're analyzing players here, you're saying, okay, the best player on the court is LeBron. And then the next three best players are Durant, Curry, and Draymond. I think Clay Thompson is not is not better. I, I oh, agree. I mean I agree. that's fine. Yeah, Thompson's also very good. Also yeah, very good. But right. and then you've got Kyrie and Love. Sure. Okay. Yeah. The problem is the difference between LeBron and their next three, however you want to put it, I just think is still far and away different. I know Durant is a great player. We've seen Durant against LeBron. We saw Oklahoma City against Miami. He really wasn't able to do much, and that's when he had Westbrook. Durant is one of the only players in the NBA who is not afraid to go head on head head to head with LeBron. But um, LeBron has done this so many times now. He he rises up in these yeah. situations. There's no doubt about it. Um, so I I'm, I'm going to give you my pick right now. I'll, despite all those statistics, uh, I'm going Cleveland in seven. I think um, this is going to be a watershed moment for LeBron. You are going to see him. If you thought that he if you thought he carried Cleveland last year, I mean he's he's going to this is going to be amazing, I think, because he's going to be doing it against a great 
Warriors team. There's no doubt that they're better even than the 74 win team from last year. Yeah, I mean, they got Durant. Yeah, and it, it this I think I think every game in this series comes down to the wire. I think there'll be no blowouts. Uh, I don't know that home court's going to matter, frankly. But I do think LeBron being the best player in basketball and arguably the best player ever and still, uh, you know, he hasn't really lost a step. Um, I'm going Cleveland in right. seven because of LeBron, despite those numbers. All right. I mean, it's uh, we agree on some of these points and we disagree. I mean, uh, I think we agree on Golden State's dominance recently during the regular season. So these two teams played twice during the year. One game was close. Um, 109-108 Cavs. One game was blowout. Big time blowout. Golden State beat them by 35 uh, points. Did LeBron 30. and Kyrie and Kevin play in that game? They all played. So okay. you know, in, in game one, Durant went off 36 points, 15 boards. Thompson had a good game. Uh, LeBron went 31-13. was good. I mean, Irving played well. The second game the big difference, Golden State out-rebounded Cleveland 58-35. Now, that happened during a season a long time ago. I, I agree with you that LeBron is unlike any other player. He wants this big time. But I, the way I look at this is Durant and LeBron, who has more to gain and who has more to lose? So Durant joins a great team in Golden State with the purpose of, of winning. If Golden State loses... I think Durant Durant is going to be uh, he's going to be in trouble. He I don't know if he if Golden State wins they're expected to win. If Golden State loses maybe Durant is saying Kevin Durant how did he help Golden State? He didn't. LeBron has a lot to gain by a win. I think a win here by Cleveland puts LeBron in Jordan stratosphere because he's going to pull off. It's very tough to repeat in the NBA. Everyone's predicting Golden State in five, and I'll give you my prediction in a second. Wait, everyone's predicting them in five? I, I've seen five, 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 Golden State. Really? All, all, all over the place. One guy, I don't know, went, went for uh, Cleveland in seven. But this huge favorite, Golden State. But Le- LeBron is the greatest player. And if he pulls this off, which he badly wants to be talked about in the same breath as Michael Jordan, this would be a huge coup for him. If they lose... They'll say, well, Golden State's a better team. So I think Durant has a tremendous amount to lose, not much to gain. I think LeBron has a tremendous amount to gain, not much to lose. Still, LeBron, as great as he is, I don't think Kevin Love makes that much. He's a good ball player. Kyrie Irving's a very good ball player. But you're looking at Durant, Curry, Thompson, and you're looking at Draymond. And we're looking at some great, great um, great, great players that I think are going are gonna to dominate this series. I don't think it's going to go uh, four for Golden State. Um, I don't think it's going to go seven. So I'm going to call Golden State in six. I think it's going to be a competitive series, and LeBron's going to have a great series. He's going to have a great series, great numbers. I think Golden State has too much firepower. But the wild card is LeBron, he knows a victory in this series will put him way up there, and he badly wants that, man. He He's- really wants that. This is his seventh straight, right? And he's been there. This is his eighth finals and seven straight. Is that right? I think so. Am I right on that? He went, he went, he's gone three with Cleveland. He went four with the Heat and he went once with Cleveland against the Spurs and got swept, right? So he's, what is he right now? Three and four, right? Yeah, he wants this fourth. Yeah. And he's, so that's one more than Jordan. He's been there one more time. But 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 he's short, he's short three. Um, and we have spoken, though not on air, about some players who have won a lot more championships than Michael Jordan. But, no, but nobody seems to talk about Bill Russell and those guys. Well, I think it's relevant. If, but it if, is. Well, it's relevant in this. Okay, if, if LeBron wins, 
and he gets to four, then or if he gets to six, or if he gets yeah. to five, it's it's yeah. it's a fair discussion. Is he the greatest ever? And people talk about the championships, and that kind of comes up too with like Brady at five. That's the most ever in yeah. the NFL. And you're right. What happened to Kareem and Bill Russell, and which I had Bob forgotten Cousy. about. Remember, I think I yeah. said to you, well, Brady's knocking on the door of six, and right. nobody has more than I six. Russell has 11, <laughs> right. man. The caveat is that, and we spoke, that Russell and the Celtics played back in the 60s when there were only, what, eight teams in the league. So it was a different, and they dominated every year. But 11 championships is 11 championships. Oh, uh, yeah. You take your league no as you find to, it. But no one, one seems to remember that. No like, one seems and, to bring and, it up. And he has teammates also, I think. Uh, uh, Bob Cousy, Heinsohn, and those guys might have won you know nine or ten in there as well. So like, and, wow. and and I just learned yesterday. I don't know why I forgot this. You know, Magic went to nine. He went to nine. He went wow. to nine. Yeah, wow. I think he's four, he's four and five overall. Wow. I mean, Magic's got to be up there too. You said something that's interesting, and I want to talk about it. You said Durant. This is all about Durant. I, I, well, I pre- pressures on. I think he's the highlight because they picked them up. And if they don't win, they're going to say, my God, now you picked up Kevin Durant and you still can't beat Cleveland. So there's a lot of pressure there. I'm going to tell you why, though. I I disagree with that a little bit. Durant leaves Oklahoma City to go to Golden State. And and it was newsworthy, for sure. Russell Westbrook was aggrieved, obviously. I guess Durant didn't didn't tell him that he was leaving. Uh, And I'm not sure he owed that to Westbrook, by the way. But it was not the media circus... Nor was Durant the villain in the same sense that LeBron was when LeBron went to Miami. And here's why. Durant didn't leave his hometown. He left Oklahoma City. Nobody, nobody cares about Oklahoma City, by the way. Well, they do. Uh, they care, but the world didn't really yeah. care that much. The sports world cared, but yeah. the world didn't care. When LeBron did it, you know, he did it in such a public way. It was very, very – was very. LeBron, I think, does mostly everything right. This one he botched from a media relations perspective. Yeah. I think he had every right to leave. I, I don't knock him for that. But he just did it in such a bad way. Yeah. But he was the villain. He had to win in Miami to validate that move. I'm not sure that the world views Durant that way. I mean, in, in my view, Durant made the obvious choice here. Go to Golden State. But – I don't think if he doesn't win in his first year, it's a failure. I think he's got plenty of time to do it there. But I mean, just to jump in here, I mean, why was, I don't know if it's the obvious choice. Why not stay with a great player like Westbrook and see if you could pull off a championship with Oklahoma well, City? different question, though. Yeah. Now, you're yeah. saying, now you're going back I mean, to should he have left. Yeah, I mean, because I, I don't know if it was the obvious choice. He's going to a team that won 70 games. Well, I, I think he's going there to win. I don't, and yeah. I think the other thing is you have to remember, when you play with Russell, Russell Westbrook, you are acknowledging – you're not going to get the ball as much. And if you're not going to get the ball as much, I'd rather not get the ball as much in Golden State well, he's than not, Oklahoma City. Right. He's not getting the ball that much in Golden State as much as you'd like either but, with, with Curry and all those other guys. But a much different team, much different system, much better chance of winning oh, multiple sure. championships sure. Um, as opposed to Oklahoma City where it's a new coach. It's You're not really sure about what's happening in terms of who they're going to acquire. It's not like Oklahoma City's a destination team. Right. And nobody else wants to play with Westbrook. I, mean, I got news for Westbrook. Yeah. Nobody wants to play with him. Well, he played pissed off this year, and you saw what his numbers were. But that's all you heard all year was his numbers, triple-doubles, triple-doubles, and then they petered out in the, in the playoffs. But it was, it was all about the numbers. But I just think – I hear your point. I just think that the pressure's a lot on, on – well, who's the pressure on? Is it on Cleveland to repeat, or is it on Golden State – with now an extra superstar 
to get back their championship. I think the pressure's on Golden State as a team. I'm not sure I put it squarely on yeah. Durant. Yeah. I really think it's if you, it's on, if you yeah. really want to move the pressure needle, it's on Steph Curry, in my opinion. He wants to be considered this sort of elite superstar player. And there are a lot of people that say he's a good player, he's a great shooter, but he is by no means elite. And if he wants to be elite, he needs to show up. But he didn't show up last year. Yeah, I think he was hurt. But to be elite on well, such a team with so many superstars, it's almost like, come on, look at these guys. It's like an all-star team. You better damn win uh, with, with all those guys. I like the players. I mean, Jordan had some good players with, with the— Jordan uh, had an all-star team. He, but come not on. As good as Golden State? No way. He had Scottie Pippen, who okay. at one time was one of the and 50 he, greatest players. But then he had role players. And he, he, won had a lot nothing. Of role players. he won nothing without Scottie or Phil, by the way. Nothing. He had, he had good role players. Golden State has— I mean, Clay what Thompson, does Golden State have? Clay Thompson is, is, is a star player. Of course. Uh, Steph Curry is a superstar. Kevin Durant is a superstar. Draymond Green is one of the best all-around players in the league. They have, a, they have a very, very, and I'm not mentioning other players. I just think that Jordan did more with less. And if Curry wants to be this great player, um, he, I mean, I don't know. He's got to start with the championship now because with a well, team like that, you better win. I don't think... I think comparing Curry to Jordan is no, it's not a comparison. Completely, yeah. Let's let's not go there. But if we're comparing, if we're talking about did more with less, I mean, LeBron James wins yes. that hands down. Yes. He got Cleveland. Yes. He got the worst basketball team ever in the finals to the finals. It was LeBron James and a bunch of people like you and me yeah. on that team, right. literally, which was amazing. And he kept taking the Cavs to the playoffs, to the finals, con- not to the finals, but to the conference right. finals. Um, and he. He did a lot more. You know, Jordan, people forget, Jordan had a tough go in the playoffs before they put that cast around him and before he had Phil Jackson. I mean, it was not all winning championships and lights out. I mean, the Celtics beat him a bunch. Then the Pistons beat him a bunch. I mean, it took a while. LeBron, I think, had a greater impact. And, I mean, I I don't know if we meant for this to stray into the LeBron-Jordan debate, but here we are, so may as well have it. Um the other thing that I think is most notable is that when Jordan left the Bulls to go play baseball, that team still won 55 games and made it to the conference finals and almost beat the – I think it was um, – was the was it the Knicks? No, it wasn't I the Knicks. I don't remember. Yeah, it was the Knicks. It was the Knicks. Yeah. And um, maybe it may have been the conference semifinals. Whatever it was, the team won 55 games. When LeBron left the Cleveland Cavaliers – they became the worst team in yeah. basketball. Yeah. And so, I mean, that tells does, me... Does that tell you that, that Chicago had a better supporting cast or that LeBron is so much better than Jordan? Well, I mean... A little of both. A little of both, but LeBron did get that yeah. awful team yeah. to the one to the finals no and two to deep into the playoffs yeah. every year and, and could have won. Yeah. I mean, could have won on his own. Well, that is, this is a great discussion for another, another day, yeah. com- just comparing... LeBron and Jordan and in their careers because if you look at some of their numbers there's some you know the playoff numbers are very close right well uh, LeBron just passed LeBron him, just passed them so um, great discussion but it's going to be a good finals what we don't want to see is a, is a 4-0 either way and I I don't see Cleveland go winning 4-0 if somebody said which team I mean you know Golden State might win 4-0 but I think like I said I like Golden State in 6 you like Cleveland and seven. Let's hope it's a good competitive. With, with each game, I'd like each game to be close. I think I mean, that's each, really what we want. I think each game goes to the wire and sort of a separate point, but relevant. It better be because the NBA has, they I think, it. seven or it's been seven or eight days. I, I mean, look, I, here's what I know. 
the Celtics Cavs series closed out. I left the country for five days, and I still don't have any basketball. I mean, we we were like, what are we going to do? We, we don't have anything to talk about. It's basketball season, I mean, and we got eight days off. So it's going to be well into June. Yeah, you know, for the series, and and they better hope too. People stay awake for these games. I think that they will. I think the ratings will be good. When do they start in the uh, the, the West Coast games? I think the West are, are Coast games are like around nine ish. Nine, I, I yeah. think. Don't yeah. don't quote me on that, that. that. Sounds like it might be. But I, I think I hope that's, people stay up for that. And yeah, it's a huge, it was a huge mistake by the NBA to delay this. Now, I guess you could argue there's been a buildup because everybody's yeah. been waiting for this. But I think we're going to get seven games. I think we're going to get seven really great games. So you're saying that Cleveland goes to Golden State Game Seven and takes it? Yeah, that would be cool. That's exactly what it, I'm look, saying. Look, if, if they could pull that off, that they deserve it, and LeBron deserves it, and uh, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't see it, but I might. Who knows? And even if LeBron has the pressure on him, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go there and say he doesn't. I think he always has pressure on him because he's LeBron. I just don't think he cares. I think he's been down this road now. This is, you know, this is. This is Montana Brady esque. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, okay, fine. I, I, I think he's seventh in a row. I think he hit upon I think the team pressure is on the Warriors, and the individual pressure, no doubt, is on LeBron, because I think a win, yeah. here, a win here puts him into another category. But Golden State is stacked, and, and if they don't win picking up Kevin Durant in the offseason, what are they going to do next? You know, who are they going to go for? Chris Paul? I mean, I, I don't know. Oh, he, I, I was he's available, I heard, right? Is, yeah, he is available. Oh, I heard San Antonio for him, by the way. I'd That's love, a whole other I'd love discussion. to see him in, uh, in New York. I mean, we can talk about Chris Paul, and he's not going to New York. Nobody's going to New York. Oh, I disagree. Well, Carmelo is definitely not going to be in New York. So. Oh, here we go. But here we need we somebody. We need somebody else. I didn't want Carmelo in, in New York. But the Knicks, need... uh, Knicks got a plan. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, oh, my God. We just don't know what it is yet. No, but the owner knows what it is. <laughs> Alienate everybody around him and hire a half. Half, um, half, I can't even think of the word. A GM, Phil Jackson, who's barely there, is there half the time. Yeah, He's running yeah. the team from you know his his condo in Manhattan Beach. They're not going to get any worse. They can't. This is Actually, New they York could. basketball. They need to, and the NBA needs a good New York franchise. I right. That is a discussion exactly. for a different day. But I think that we've all seen that that's absolutely false. I disagree. I think the Knicks they are the it. most over talked about sports team. What have they? Ever, you need ever New York done. basketball, Mike. No, you don't. Not yeah. in this world. We've yeah. seen it. Not in this world. They've done nothing over the last 30 years. Zero. They are so and irrelevant. The, and the NBA has gone down with them. I, th- I disagree. I think New York and, and L.A., when they establish good teams, it will bring back a lot of fans and a lot of interest. The NBA, although we don't like the brand, we've discussed that pre- in other shows, the brand, though, has never been healthier. The ratings are through the roof. The revenues have never been higher. And by the way, it is a worldwide brand, maybe even bigger worldwide than the NFL. So I totally disagree. But we are n- not – you have one more point I think you want to make no. before we go to break. The point is we'll talk about it some other – Absolutely. Some other, but I, I think New York is, is a key oh. part of what, what needs to improve about – about the NBA. Would, uh, get that, them a good franchise. That'll be that'll be an interesting discussion. <laughs> um, all right, everybody, we're going to get out of here, take a few-minute break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball. So sit tight, everybody. Coming up, the guys discuss the Bryce Harper brawl and a roundup of Major League Baseball. Okay, everybody, we're back. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, just want to remind everybody, you can follow us on social media, um, you can follow me at, in my Instagram account, which is at Melkins1. And you can follow me on Twitter, which is at Melkins31175. So uh, make sure you check both of those things for updates on the show. Um, we're going to talk a little baseball. Yeah. It's, uh, baseball's starting to heat up. And there is, 
you know, baseball tends to be sometimes a little tough this time of season of the year, but there's some fun topics here. None funner than the Bryce Harper Harper brawl. Oh. What do you think? So Hunter Strickland <laughs> faces Bryce Harper for the first time since Harper went deep on him twice, I believe, in 2014 playoffs. So because, you know, there's three divisions, you don't really get to see uh, every team that often. So here is the first matchup, and Strickland throws a pitch, hits Harper in the hip. Now, I watched this, I don't know, two dozen times. So Harper charges the mound. By the way, Buster well, po- charges. <laughs> well, Bu- <laughs> by the way, what's odd, Buster Posey didn't do anything. Well, that's the story, but right. I'll let you go so, ahead. So, I don't mean to interrupt you. So they go at it. Harper, uh, Harper throws his helmet. At Strickland. Now, this is something that, I mean, he doesn't throw it at him. You know, he throws it between first and second. But he, the guy threw his helmet. So they get into a brawl, but the guy threw his helmet. And to me, I don't know, just to me, that is should escalate his punishment. It didn't. Harper gets suspended. He should get suspended more than he did. Three games for Bryce Harper. So, Mike, from your expression, you're saying that throwing a helmet. For those of you that can't okay. see me, I'm going crazy right now. The guy threw his helmet at the pitcher. Are you serious? He threw his helmet at the pitcher. Let's review the facts of this situation, first of all. I completely disagree with you. I think it's a travesty that Bryce Harper was suspended three games and Strickland only six. Remember, Harper's an everyday player, so that's 27 innings. Strickland is a nobody middle reliever, so what is that? Three innings, maybe? Let's, let's review what actually happened here. Strickland is holding a grudge against Harper from like three yes. years ago. Well, okay. okay. And he throws at him on his own. There's no reason for that. There's, they're not, there's no reason for retaliation. And we have no better evidence of the fact that Strickland acted alone because Buster Posey stood there. And that was the message to the world that said, well, he, I don't know. Hold on. He knew, I don't, he knew it was coming. I, no, that's a message I think from the world that Posey's saying, I don't know what this idiot's doing, but this is not sanctioned by the team. Strickland yes. created this situation by throwing at Harper. Now, Harper charges the mound, as he, by the way, should have done. There was no reason for him to be thrown at. There's no unwritten rule. There was no unwritten rule violated by Harper. Okay. He throws the helmet. He doesn't throw it at Strickland. He's throwing the helmet in anger. He's so angry. He doesn't use the helmet as a weapon. He tosses the helmet between first and second base. Strick Harper definitely should be suspended. I think three games is completely appropriate. Strickland deserves 15. This Why? never Because what was he throwing Why? at him for? It's a, it's a typical... You, th- you throw him. This happens all the time. No, it doesn't. It's a relief no, pitcher. Not in this situation. So it usually is, is happens... It, is it because he held a grudge for so long? Of course it is. They have, a, they have a history, apparently. Strickland threw at him because Harper, I guess, took him deep a couple years ago, and Strickland never got over it. So you cannot tell me that it's okay or happens all the time that years later... A, no, a journeyman relief pitcher plunks one of the most popular players in baseball because he took him deep years ago. What happens in baseball at the time is, that if, is if you do something that earns you a beanball, like showing up a pitcher, like, like, like trotting around the bases too slow, or you know bunting to break up a no-hitter, or stealing second base when the score is 15-2 to two in the eighth inning, then you get plunked within a day or two. But years later, absolutely but, but not. Mike, this is exactly what ha- happened. If you saw it, Harper in the dugout after the home run, yelling at Strickland, basically saying, I can hit whatever you throw at me. Three years ago. So you're saying that the longer... There's a statute of limitations. So that's where, exactly where what I'm saying. That? See, that, that's, that's in law, but that's not in baseball. Oh, so, yes, it so, is. So you're saying that if this, if, if this happened last year... And it still would have been wrong. And why? Let me ask you well, this: Why is it a problem three years okay, ago? Okay, let me ask you this: He hasn't faced him yet. If it was, if it was okay, 
First time what? he faced him. Okay, I understand that. But here's the question, and it, and it answers itself. If it was okay, why'd Buster Posey just stand there? That yeah. never happens in baseball. We can, the catcher we, always picks we can up ask his pitcher. Him. But I, no, I, we know I, the I answer. find the helmet thing to be a little disturbing. Okay, no. He, 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 what's what? disturbing about that? He, he's taking his helmet. Just use your fists. I have no problem. The guy gets hit. Go out, throw some punches, and then the whole oh, scrum comes out. Let me get this straight. Out. So the pitcher can throw a baseball at you 96 miles an hour, you go- but you can't throw your helmet between first and second base away from the pitcher? Is it, that what you're telling you, me? You know, I just want to make sure. So you know what his intent was on that, hel- on that helmet toss? Of course I do. The, the what facts was his are there. Intent? I saw the video. He clearly no, was, What was his intent? His, we don't know that. He was clear. Well, let's start. Okay, we can talk about intent. What was the pitcher's intent? To hit him with that clear. baseball. The and, baseball is a much greater weapon than a helmet that's going to pick up so wind. do what everybody has done in all the years. Go out and rush the pitcher and punch or or. Tackle him like a wrestle, and then everybody comes out and takes you away. You don't have to bring your helmet. Next time, he'll take his bat with him. I, I just don't like. The I would fact, have been fine with that too. I just don't like the fact that he's got to bring weapons with with him, even if he didn't the throw directly at him. The baseball is a weapon. And then Are retaliate. You well, then let's talk about the whole thing. Retaliation shouldn't happen at all. Then. Well, look. I think baseball. <laughs> Maybe there's no retaliation if you hit a guy with a 95. Not three hour years fastball, later. Give me a break. But it's the first time you faced him. Why, why does it matter how long? You Look, you would agree with me that when pitchers are hitting batters, it is usually something that's sanctioned by the team, right? You would agree with that. <clears throat> As a general rule, if, if your guy gets plunked and you're the pitcher and you're sitting in the dugout, you're looking around and your teammates are looking at you and saying, you need to get one of them. A- am I right about that? Well, not always, because it happened against a Mets player. A not Su- always. Estrubel Cabrera was hit in the same thing by a pitcher, I forget his name, who Estrubel uh, Cabrera took deep. Uh, a year or two ago, and the next time you faced him, he hit him. Uh, Cabrera didn't charge the mound, but I'm sure. Well, then it's not the same thing. It, it, but it wasn't sanctioned by his team. But uh, the, the pitcher, I, I, they were looking at him like, "What are you doing?" And it, and it actually spurred the Mets on. They scored a bunch of runs for the next few games. But go ahead. I I, I just yeah. I totally agree. I disagree with you on the punishment. Strickland Strickland basically got no punishment. Six games for middle relievers, Relief nothing. Okay. Harper's out twenty seven innings. Strickland this this had there was no reason for this. It's completely inappropriate. I don't know what Joe Torrey was thinking. I, I'm going to cite him again, but Kornheiser brought it up today. He said, "You know what? Is Joe Torrey biased because he had Derek Jeter who did everything right for God knows how many hundreds of years that he doesn't understand." that Bryce Harper had every right to do this. And I'm not saying Harper shouldn't be punished. He should be. You don't charge the mound. But you also don't hit a guy in that situation um, like that. It's absolutely wrong. And by the way, what is baseball thinking by suspending now, really, their only big-name star? With, and that, that sort of segues us to Trout. You know, Mike Trout's out six to eight weeks. The face of baseball is Bryce Harper. And only, I know he's not well games. It's only three games. It's 27 innings. Yeah, it's only three games. But we only should, three uh, games? It's only three games. We're talking Trout. But, you know, Harper didn't have to charge the mound. And, and it actually, he said, he goes, I, may, I have to make a decision. Either go to first base or go after him. I, I understand he, that. He could have gone to first. He'd be playing tonight. Right. But Strickland, he, well, again, Harper should be punished, but not more than Strickland. And you can say six games is more than three, but that's ridiculous. The middle reliever's out a couple innings. Harper's out 27. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree with the punishment. We obviously um, see it differently. Right. Shocking, um, <laughs> but but still, and uh, you know, look, it's got people talking about baseball, yeah, so that's good. Sure. So let's transition to the the trout injury, which we'll just do a quick little bit on. Uh, he's he, surgery six, six to eight six weeks. Six to eight weeks. You know, he's the face of the franchise. Um, Angels actually have two things going on now. With trout is a bad thing, and he's out six to eight weeks. 
and uh, maybe for another discussion. But I, I mean, now is not the time to think about it. But Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, floundering. I'm uh, sorry, with, with the floundering team, the Angels. Terrible team. Maybe the Angels because they have no protection other than the next guy I'm going to talk about in that lineup. The Angels should, should think about trading Mike Trout now. Uh, you, can, you can look in history. What has the greatest player in generations uh, been traded before? It's happened. Um, maybe it's time for the Angels to do it. Do you do you think that's a good idea, or do you build your franchise around the Angels and just wait for some good players to come along? I think the the answer to that question, and I don't have that answer, but I I totally agree with the concept. Um, the answer to that question lies in the depth of that farm system. Now, yeah, yeah. if let's just, and I don't have the answer right now. It's just not something I I know off the top of my head. But I think at the trade deadline it should be looked at because they are terrible. But are they? Are they terrible because they're an old franchise with no youth coming up and they need to restock a system? Then right. my answer would be, oh, yeah, you really consider moving this guy because right. you can do that. I'll, you know, you can do like a Herschel Walker kind of thing. Right, right. Um, but if they're terrible like the Houston Astros were terrible two years ago or the Boston Red Sox were terrible in 2015, then I say I'm not so sure because all you're really waiting on is what you have that – young yeah. talent to develop. I don't have the answer to that, but I yeah. think that's how I would gauge that issue if I was the general manager. And if they do trade him, boy, you better, as a general manager, you better know what you're doing because you're giving away the best player. You better well, know what pieces you need and scout around and get the proper fit and get it, get what, what he's worth. And I think the other question, and I don't have this in front of me, is what's his contract status? I, he's got free agency I, I, coming up. I think a few years, I think. So you might be able to move him now because... He's gone probably on such a team-friendly deal that's going to net you even more. But if he's, if he's expiring in two years, I don't think anyone's going to trade for him unless they can lock him in long-term, at least right. buy out you know, a point. number of years. So I can't answer that right now, but I think that's something we should be talking about at the trade deadline for sure. The Angels, they're dreadful. I mean, yeah. they're terrible. They're terrible. Terrible team. So, so terrible as bad as that news is for the Angels, the good news is Albert Pujols, with uh, 599 home runs going into tonight's game, which is ninth in the all-time list. I mean, he's up there in the stratosphere with some big names. He's gonna. He's just uh, 10 behind Sammy Sosa. He's going to pass him. Jim Tomei, he's uh, 13 behind. Here's a guy at the age of 37 who he hit 31 last year. He had 40 in 2015. Okay, he's not the player he was with the Cardinals. His batting average is lower, but he's he's up there with in some rarefied air. And depending on how long he goes in the American League where he can play DH, it's not inconceivable for him to be close to what A-Rod is, fourth at 696. Uh, and then there's only three above that, Ruth, Aaron, and Bond. So you know, Pujols has to get some props here as one of the greatest players that we've seen. Now, I remember him with the Cardinals. I would say this guy was, you know, we're looking at a phenomenal player and his averages has dropped off, but he's still putting up big home run and RBI totals. So he's at the verge of 600, and once he gets there, he's only going to be one of nine guys to, to reach that level. So, um, You know, I was one of the people who, when St. Louis did not sign Pujols after the 2011 season, I said, you know, they're, they're going to be better, and, and they were, in fact. I thought it was the smart move not to sign him because he was declining every year. Um, and, you know, he hasn't been all that great Right in Anaheim, he had a really good uh, 2015 season. He had 40 home runs, um, 95 RBIs. He stole five bases, which I think is, is I don't even know what to say about that. But he batted he batted 244. He had a yeah. 307 on base percentage. It's in fact his on base percentage has gone down every single year since 2008 when it was at 462. His slugging was 653, and that's those numbers have dropped. Every single year, and then they finally ticked up in 2016. He had a really good year, 31 homers on your traditional stats, 
119 RBIs, yeah. batted 268. I mean, he, this guy was a 300 hitter. Oh yeah, from 2001 until 2010. So he's dropped off a lot. No question about it. But he's, but he's still he's still putting up power numbers that are are uh, yeah. way up Look, there. Six hundred six hundred nothing to sneeze. Six hundred six hundred and if I'm right. He's never been suspected of PEDs, right? I don't, you know, I think I heard a story about it. I, I don't re- remember I, I, it being I really a big deal. Did. Yeah, I don't think it was a big deal. I think it came and went. Um, but, you know, he's, he's only played 17 years, and he's looking at guys, Griffey played 22, and Mays 22, and Rodriguez 22, and Ruth 22. I mean, in three more years, at his 20th year, he might be fifth all time. So his his production has gone off, no question. He's, a lot. But, you know, when he was out against the Mets and Trout was the only guy in that lineup they played the Mets, I'm like, Trout has no protection. This lineup, zero without Pujols. And it was just scary. You can easily pitch around Trout, and he still hit the Mets. But, yeah, we're looking at a, at a great all-time player. His numbers have gone down, but um, still, yeah. it's historic when he hits that 600. I mean, 600 is, is like you said, nothing to sneeze at. And, and in the PED era, if you've got a guy who you reasonably can believe – didn't take PEDs, and I, I just don't. I just don't. Haven't heard any suspicion of it. Um, then I think that's even that's even something yeah. more to marvel at. Yeah. And certainly Pujols is a guy. Uh, you know, he's certainly done everything right by everything that I've seen. Anyway, quality he is quality player. Um, so I think segueing here a little bit. I think you've got a few uh, MLB yeah. breakout players. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of there's really two categories. One are not really breakout, but good players who I think are turning into great ones. Corey Dickerson, Tampa Bay. He had 312 a couple of years ago, 24 homers, and uh, the next year, 2015, he had 304. Coming off a bad year last year, 245. But this year, I mean, he's got 12 homers already. Here we are at the end of May. He's hitting 346, leading the league. He's a leadoff hitter, which is really interesting. There's a lot of really good leadoff hitters. And my next guy, kind of an- another player who has been good, Charlie Blackman, Colorado. This guy's a leadoff hitter. He's leading the league. With 46 RBIs, he's got 13 home runs, hitting 327. He's been putting. He had 43 stolen bases a couple of years ago. Quality player for the Rockies. He sets the table for that team. He's turning into a great player. Which the Mets picked him up. Justin Turner is another guy for the Dodgers, third baseman. I mean, he was a 280 hitter for the Mets. He topped out at 280, as low as 260. Guy's hitting 379. A couple of years ago, he hit uh, 340. He had 90 RBIs last year. This is Justin Turner, kind of an average player who's turned into a really good one. Um, and just two, two breakout players this year, if you have to look at Major League Baseball, Mike. Uh, Antonio Sensatella, rookie pitcher for the Rockies. He's 7-1. and one. Oh, yeah, he's good. 3.9 <laughs> year. And yeah. you, know, you know what's cool? He's about pitching this? in Colorado. He's pitching in Colorado. And you know what's good about him? He's not a strikeout pitcher. 37 Ks and 62 innings. Control pitcher. It's refreshing to see somebody like that. You can be a good pitcher in this league without – Without the the high hard cheese, and the other guy is Aaron Judge. Who? <laughs> oh boy! This guy hit 179 in 84 bats. And I I came on that was on the air in one of our early episodes, and I wondered if he was going to last. Yeah, we talked about that. Boy, is he last? 17 homers. Yeah, he's in 323. Projected in this year, he's going to go 56 homers, 122 ribbies, 327, 1.112 OPS. If he keeps it up, I also saw him make an incredible catch in right field. I mean, this guy has turned in from a guy. I mean, Gary Sanchez was going to be the breakout player, you thought, for the Yankees for a full season. Aaron Judge might be the MVP so far this year. Well, and, you know, I was listening to Tim Kirchin today, and they were talking about Aaron Judge. This guy is 6'8, 282. I mean, I want you and the audience. Oh, yeah, I want you to ponder that for a minute. 6'8, 
282. It's like twice us. <laughs> it's twice <laughs> us, but it's more than twice <laughs> us, I think. And he is um, he's a linebacker. Well, I mean, he's a defensive lineman oh, in gosh. any other world. And Kirchin made a great point. You know, he, he, this kid could have chose, chose any sport, apparently. Yeah. He chose baseball. Baseball is usually, according to Kirchin, very difficult for players that are this big based on just how you have sure. to play the game. You know, they kind of have to lumber through it. I mean, he's flying all over the field. This guy's playing. He's a playing tremendous right field. field. He's yes, trem- he's, he's not it's like crazy. Dave, he's not a Dave Kingman six eight. I mean, this no, Kingman, not at all. Kingman he's not Bob be- Horner. He could barely walk Kingman. Right. Um, this guy's an athlete, and he, there's no telling what he can do unless the American League learns how to start pitching this guy. Um, he's he's a he's a lights out MVP right now. Of course, we got a lot to go, but a, he's the breakout player in my view in the in yeah. League baseball. And you know, kudos no to and, and I love you know I love Brian Cashman. It's, I hate. That he's with the Yankees, but I think he's he doesn't get a lot of credit Tremendous. for building a team. You know, Judge was dra- he was drafted by the Oakland A's in the thirty first round. But they didn't he, they weren't able to sign him, and then of course the Yankees drafted him in the first round, thirty um, second pick in two thousand thirteen. Signed him shortly thereafter. So you know, a good example of uh, really building your roster through the draft. Um, you know, everyone always says the Yankees buy their teams. I've always disagreed with that. Aaron Judge is uh, is a really good example. Of that right now, so um, really refreshing to see him just crushing it right now, and, and I think he will keep it up. And again, just remember six eight two eighty two. And on that note, uh, we're going to take. Well, we're going to actually we're going to go into Mets Red Sox. Tell, tell me about mistake. the Sox. Tell me about the Sox, man. You want to you want to tell everybody first? <laughs> well, look, look I, I, I mentioned a, a, <laughs> go ahead. a few weeks ago. I go, Mike wasn't that high in his own team. And he goes, they're not hitting home runs. They look listless. They don't have that offense. They're just not hitting the ball out of the park like, well, like they can. I had can. some other numbers to back that right. up. Right. It and wasn't just they look listless. I'm not that shallow. Let's... Okay. But you also said that uh, even recently that their you know, uh, runs scored versus runs given up they was had a really poor differential. It was poor. And then the last I looked, <laughs> they hit six homers. I'm not going to say you found six homers in a game. Last and night. And, and be run, last and last run, night would be the night. And their run differential started going up. I'm like, I knew this team had it in them, man, but what do okay. you think? So What's let's, going on? Let, let's, let's cut to the chase. I, I had it wrong, at least initially. Now, maybe they'll cool off, but you know, in April, they had 93 runs scored and 93 runs allowed. Not good. In May, uh, I've got the numbers right here in front of me, 155 and 124 for the month of there May. Unreal wow. production this month. They hit let – me, let me go to go right to the numbers here. They had 33 home runs in the month of May. Oh. I want you to think about that for a second. 33 home runs. So who are the, who are the guys that, that are putting it out of the park? Which Xander Bo- well, Xander Bogarts had zero yeah, up until two days couple, ago. Couple. He hit two. Devin Marrero, third baseman call-up, hit three. Two in one night, and I think another one the other day. Um, ben Attendi, I think, hit three. I mean, Mookie, Mookie's, starting. Mookie's starting to hit him as well. Um, unbelievable production in May. Tell and me. then, of course, they in April, they gave up 93 runs, and in May, they gave up 124. So now they're hitting. Instead, now they can't pitch now. Chris Sale, it's bizarre. Yeah. Chris Sale pitches lights out in April, has like a .9 ERA, some insane amount, loses a bunch of games, 2-1, to 1-0, one, one to 3-1, to one, goes out last night, gives up six, five or six runs. Gets the win. Goes five innings and gets the win. <laughs> got a bunch of losses where he went eight innings and struck out 13, got a loss. Goes gets a win for a terrible it's game. It's going to even out. He's, which he's is, too good of a pitcher. To, well, uh, yeah. further proves my point that the, the win-loss statistic for pitchers is the most useless thing ever. But keeping it about the Red Sox, I mean, clearly, 
I called it too early. Now, I, I did say, and I've maintained this, that I looked at the team in spring training and I thought they were mediocre, um, and I maintained that all the way through May. I'm, I'm actually not going to abandon that point. I still think the team's mediocre. They have been absolutely on a tear. My, my analysis that the offense was anemic is clearly not true. Now, are they going to keep this up all season? No, they're not going to score 124 runs, uh, 155 runs, I'm sorry, every month. But clearly it'll even out. It'll, you know, there'll be a regression to the mean. They're also not going to score 93 runs every month. Yeah. So um, I guess my point is I still think they're a mediocre team. or I'll say they're a little better than mediocre. I'm going to reserve judgment until we get into August or September, I should know better to uh, to call it that early. Um, but you know, 155 runs in one month is absurd. No. Without without David Ortiz, by the way, no, you guys are playing good. And look, you got a really good closer in Craig Kimbrell. Unb- and well, and that's a whole it, other story. He is he's pitching like he did in the National League when oh, he yeah. would destroy my team, the Mets. By the way. We wish we had a closer like that. We have Jerry's Familia, who was basically out for the season along with half their team. I've spoken about the injuries with the Mets. But well, let's talk about the Mets. Yeah, well, let's go. I mean, How they, are the Mets doing? All right. They're still below 500, but they've won How three, many games below 500? Several, Mike. Several. Can but, I get a definition of several? You tell Do me. Do I have to go to the numbers? But it's changing nightly. It's going towards, towards that 500 They're mark. They're four games under 500. Okay, DeGrom's pitching tonight. Wait, who's leading that division? The Nats, the, look, the Nats <laughs> that are leading. Over. We all know, but they lead every year this time. Okay. And the Mets continue to make them. Next week, or perhaps to Cespedes, Mats, Lugo, coming back. Their best player and two of their star, uh, well, uh, not star, but, but two of their starters are coming back. They are decimated with injuries, but they have guys like Conforto, Flores, Granison, Duda, Walker, all hitting now. They don't have a bullpen. Their bullpen is awful. They have Addison Reed's closing, and they have Jerry Blevins, thank God, and little else. But, and you're going to hear it here, I'm telling you, and I've spoken before, this team is not a below 500 team, Mike. Well, they may not be. And they're not going to stay below 500. The problem is but they I, have to chase the Dodgers, okay, Rockies, you, and Diamondbacks. You, you took the words out of the wild card. What's the path to the playoffs? I don't see it. They're not going to catch the Nationals. I mean, the Nationals I don't are agree stuck. necessarily. <laughs> of course you Zimmerman don't. is not going to hit 370 the whole year. Yeah, but who's but, – Matt Harvey is not good. Noah Thor is gone. I mean, Thor's coming back. When? July, August. August. So they could be out of it by then. DeGrom is, is a great pitcher. You've got the Dodgers at 33 and 20, the Rockies at 33 and 21, and the Diamondbacks at 32 and 22. And oh, by the way, the Cubs are lurking at 25 and 26. That's the team I think that will catch fire. I don't see the path to the playoffs here for the Mets. I don't right. see it. Last I Too checked, many teams last to Last I pass. checked, the calendar said we're still in May. Absolutely. And there's a lot, a lot of, games. of baseball ahead of but us. But as you well know, Jeff, it's not necessarily about games back that matters so much. It's about how many teams you need to catch and how many teams you need to jump. One or two, maybe. But you've got one, two, three, possibly four. That's a, a tough road to hope. It is. It's also not how you start, but how you finish. And well, the true. last two years, the Mets have gone through a lot of this. And you look at their record in August, it was below 500 last year, and they made it to the playoffs. So right, they'll, they'll, they're going to find a way. It's going to be more of a challenge this year, like you said, because the D-backs and the Rockies are really good right now. And if the Dodgers stay, the, stay their pace, and you said the Cubs, the road is going to be rocky. But they've got too much talent on this team. I'm a believer, like I believe in your team. Um, I think you got a better team than the Mets, but I think I think the Mets are going to be there at playoff time if they can get Thor 
back. That's, well, that's a key. We'll be monitoring it uh, for the whole season because, as everybody knows, we do like to talk about our local teams. Um, we're a national show, but we're always going to have a segment on the local teams. Let's get out of here. We'll take a short break, and uh, we'll be right back. Coming up next, the Tiger Woods arrest and a discussion of whether he'll ever make it back. Okay, everybody, we're back. Uh, a couple more things to get to here. Um, one major news story over the past couple days, Tiger Woods uh, arrested for driving under the influence in uh, Jupiter, Florida. Uh, a couple points here before we get into it. Uh, TMZ originally reported this story and said that Woods refused the breathalyzer, was uncooperative, and disoriented when he was pulled over. They got that all wrong. The police report has just come out, I think, in the last day. He didn't refuse the breathalyzer. He blew, and he blew a point zero point zero zero. And the police report indicates that he was as cooperative as expected. So uh, TMZ botched it. Woods came out with a statement before that police report came out where he said that alcohol was not involved. That appears, by all evidence, to be true. Um, you know, he's, he's been charged with driving under the influence. Obviously, you know, he's going to retain counsel and, and go forward and probably fight it or plea it. Um, no injuries, no property damage. I think the question here, though, is, from my perspective, what happened to this guy? I mean, he was golf. He, he saved golf. Nobody revolutionized golf and brought it to the mainstream more than Tiger Woods. He did every endorsement. He um, owned the sport, probably the greatest run over a, yeah. I guess, ten or eleven year period, and then his ex now ex wife takes a golf club to his windshield in two thousand eight. I think that was the beginning of the end, right? I, yeah, and, and it's I, I, odd what ha- what happened here, he, and where where is he going, and can he come back? It used to be like this guy was gold. It wasn't just his ability on the on the golf course, but everything he did. You know, he, everything from his rise as a very young child, he was groomed to be this great player, and everything was. His parents, you know, he lost his he lost his dad, I think, a, a bunch of years ago, and um, who was yeah, a big influence. It was a big influence, and I don't know if it really coincided with his demise, but I, I don't know. Uh, things seem to happen to him. Uh, his ability on the on the golf course has certainly gone down, and, and now you're hearing all these stories. It's almost like not a surprise. You know, I heard I actually saw it on Facebook the first time, I, and he was arrested in West Palm Beach, and I'm like, it didn't shock me. Because he's been going down this road, and it actually didn't well, shock me. He hasn't been playing well, and he's yes. had a number of back surgeries. But I don't think there's been reports of him, you know, abusing drugs. No, but or- he, he's had some off the course incidents, you know, uh, personal and things. You've heard things that have brought his statute. Oh yeah, stature down. So well, your your wife taking a golf club to your exactly. windshield publicly probably didn't help. <laughs> didn't help. The sex sex right. addict rehabilitation right. clinic, and these are things that you never thought. So this and was then, almost like I didn't didn't. Really and a very me. a very public breakup with Lindsey Vaughn, who by the yeah. way took to I think it was Twitter like the day after that he was arrested and had some you know ridiculous half naked photo up, which was kind of funny. Um, and then I guess his current girlfriend is like now on some massive shopping spree since he's it been just, arrested. It just didn't surprise me as much. So the question is, he's he's forty one, right? So uh, can but he, he can he come back from all of this and become an elite golfer? Well, he, well that's a that's the unknown. I, I hope he can. I'm not saying I don't know that he can. Forty one's really old in golf. I think Nicholas won the Masters at forty six. He's he's been ch- he was chasing that. He hasn't won anything since that U.S. Open in '08. A lot of back surgeries. As a regular person, back surgery, you never heal right. I can only imagine what that is for a golfer. But the thing that's important about this, from my view, 
This guy wasn't just good. He changed the game. He brought he made golf appointment viewing for people that didn't play golf like me. He and he increased by the yeah, way all the that. purses for everyone. I mean, if Tiger was playing, the ratings were through the right. roof, the money was through the roof, the sponsorships were everywhere, and since he's been gone, they've had nobody to replace him. Right. There's there's only one Tiger. And um, you know, even when Nicholas and Palmer were at their, you know, at their top, I don't I don't remember golf being appointment viewing the way that it is for Tiger Woods. He dominated. Or was for Tiger Woods. He dominated. He dominated almost like no other athlete. And I, I don't know. It's, it's not going to be his physical ability. It's, it's mental and emotional. Can he? Well, I think it's physical, too. The surgeries think, have not helped. But I just don't know if he's as hungry as he was. He was a determined, hungry athlete who wanted to be the best. I, don't, I just don't see it now. And it, to get that... Eye of the Tiger, whatever you call it, to get that back is is, is not easy. And at 41, it, it looks doubtful. But maybe he, he can surprise us all and do it. You know, you have to wonder with all the surgery if there's a, a pain pill addiction here. Um, I clearly it looks like – I mean, I, I don't know that. I don't know Tiger Woods, obviously. That's complete speculation. But yeah. I think the story is sad, and it, it does make you look at other – athletes that have fallen from grace i mean it's, he's not oj obviously yeah. i mean that's different but he's he's fallen he's fallen very, i mean farther than i ever thought he would fall and we can only hope that um that i, I hope he comes back i think it'd be interesting so to I. see um we're gonna segue into our last topic which we do have a little football to discuss uh two nfl rule changes and then otas and then we'll get everybody out of here first rule change is overtime nfl has shortened overtime from 15 minutes to 10, their claim is that this is for the health and safety of the players. I'm not so sure about that. I frankly, my feeling on this is, is that they keep tinkering with overtime. And there's no great solution here, but it's kind of already a little gimmicky. You know, the current overtime is the first team that gets the ball, if they score a touchdown, it's over. But if they don't score a touchdown, then it's the next team that's – it's very gimmicky already. I think they should scrap it. I firmly believe the NFL should just go to the best overtime in all of sports, the most exciting, and that's the college football overtime. Put the ball in the 25, press play, let's go. Um, I think that would be tremendously exciting. People will argue against that and say, well, you're taking defense and strategy out of the game. You're not. Plenty of defenses play red zone, better, some better than others. Red zone defense is a part of the game. You want a solution to overtime that's going to not be as dangerous. This certainly would cut down on player time, and it's tremendously exciting. I mean, there's few, few things are funner to watch in sports than a, a good big college football overtime. Yeah, yeah, I, I, but I kind of think sometimes that, that you, need, uh, you need time. I, I, you know, can you decide a game, give them the ball on the 20-yard line, it's almost like give him another quarter and and really determine a winner. And you know what? If it's if it's tied at the end of fifteen or now ten, make it a tie. The ties are not so awful. Do we have to have a winner or loser? They used to be ties all the time. I, I'm, but here, when I heard this went to ten, and the reason ten minutes, the reason was because of the possible wear and tear on on, on a player. Do they think about what a Thursday night game 
Oh, after course. a Sunday game does. Nobody thinks about that, but oh. they think that going from 15 minutes to 10 minutes is going to suddenly improve the health of the NFL in, players. And how many overtime <laughs> games do the teams get? I One mean, or two are a year? Are you kidding me? No, the, the Thursday night game is a joke. It's, it's it a terrible. I agree It's with a you. terribly played football game, and it shows a little bit of the hypocrisy of the league. Because they're on one hand they're saying oh it's health and safety and the right. other they're saying well yeah but you don't need any time to rest eh, three days and then you play the fourth that you'll be absolutely and okay if, if you watch an NFL game in person you realize how vicious it really is you do not get that on TV when you watch these guys hit in person it is fast it is brutal. And to say that they can recover from Sunday and come back on Thursday, I mean, I think it's tough for them to come back and play One week next later. Sunday. Of course. And, and you watch those Thursday night games, the product is not good. But the money, you know what? We all watch. And the money is there. There's more networks. And they're going to start streaming those games now with uh, Yahoo. I think they've already done that. I mean, they don't, they don't care about safety. They care about money. Right. And I think we don't need it. I, I don't, we don't need more. Maybe there's going to be Tuesday night Overset. football. Well, Mark, I mean, Mark Cuban it's said too it. too much. Mark Cuban said that a couple years ago. A very smart man that the NFL was oversaturated. So, and last point on two, one other rule and then one other point was the celebration rule. Uh, we're just going to touch on this real quick. The NFL is now allowing celebrations. Uh, the whole thing is ridiculous. It's they weird. never should have had the rule even regulating celebrations. Look, sports are emotional. God, you know, and the, and the argument the argument previously was, well, we don't want team celebrations and we don't want choreographed celebrations. It shows the other team up. I mean, look, oh, that's on. ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. You, you're you're taking the emotion out of it. You know, and they were saying, oh, it's not good for kids. Of course it's good for kids. I mean, look, that if you don't want them to celebrate, stop them. <laughs> You know, that, Jimmy Johnson said that in the 80s when, when he ran up the score on Notre Dame. And people thought that was terrible because it was um, – what, what was uh, was it Faust's? Oh, Fa- uh, maybe. What was the coach of Notre Dame? It was his last game. I can't remember. But um, Parsegian. It was Parsegian's Parsegian. last, last game coaching. Right. And look, Johnson looked in the cameras and said, look, stop, stop us. us. He's like, look, I did everything I could. I put my third team in. I mean, this is the same thing. If you don't want them to celebrate, stop. I mean, sports are emotional. But That's now, the fun of it. Yeah, but now only certain, now some celebrations are still right. banned. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, you should just let them, you know, if they want to dance after a sack, you know, let them do it. Who cares? It's, it's football. It's, an, it's the most violent sport. So let them celebrate and, and be emotional and yeah. it shows emotions come out in sports. And I rem- what's wrong with that? I remember in the 80s watching the, the Redskins, the fun bunch that was one of right. the, that was a cool thing or mark astino and the yeah. jets after he'd go he'd do his sack dance it was like unheard of at the time but now it's commonplace who cares has it, yeah. does it ruin the game to, is it bad for kids no 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 i just Let think it's celebrate. i think it's it, it's a joke that they went from the no fun league to this rule where we're gonna allow certain celebrations <laughs> but not it's others the some fun league now yeah it's absurd like you know nfl let them celebrate emotions run high in sports that's the point what you're teaching kids is to let their emotions out. And you know what? If you don't like the celebration, then get your butt back on that field and right. score. Right. Teach them a lesson on the field. It's, it's too, we're, we're too nice in the, that sense. Last point, and then we'll get everybody out of here. Um, OTAs are, you know, OTAs are back, so football, football is back a little bit. Football can't be far. Um, you know, for the Patriots, they had full participation in their voluntary workouts, which is great. Um, Brady, Garoppolo, and Brissett all present and accounted for, plus all the rookies. It was very fun to watch a little video of Brady connecting with Brandon Cooks, Stephon Gilmore, and Malcolm Butler, you know, running around Gillette. Um, always good to see. I think football's 98 days away, maybe 97. So um, it's around the corner, everyone. And trust me, 
we uh, we have we, our eye we got on a lot it. to talk about. Anything with the Giants and OTAs? It's Anything? been quiet. It's been quiet. But uh, we're going to be talking about football as we go on. I'm very excited about the Giants and their uh, their upgraded offense. But we've got a lot to talk about the NFL in the next oh, few yeah. weeks. A lot of fantasy talk. A lot of predictions in the NFL. It's going to be a big part of our, our, our upcoming episodes. And last thing, quick mention, as everyone will tune out as soon as I bring this up, Stanley Cup Finals, Pittsburgh, Nashville. Um, if you, you know, we're not big hockey guys, but we recognize playoff hockey, some of the best stuff in sports. Pittsburgh, I think, won game one, 5-3. to three. They had a 3 nothing, three-goal lead. They gave it away, and then they, they, came, you know, they went back and won the game. So uh, we will monitor that for you. We don't talk a lot of hockey here, um, but... You know, Stanley Cup Finals yeah. certainly something to pay yeah, attention Penguins to. Penguins going for a, a second year in a row in Nashville. Sure. Will be, Nashville, it'll be nice to bring a championship to uh, Tennessee. So new uh, exciting it's franchise. Exciting. It's exciting and it's good for for the city and uh, good for hockey. So we're going to get everybody out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, again, please, please leave us a review on iTunes if you like the show. If there's anything you want to talk to us about, you can email us at jmsportspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. My Instagram is at Melkins1. And you can follow me on Twitter at Melkins31175. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll have another episode up in about a week. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Take care. Be safe.